This is Coda Radio, episode 405 for March 15th, 2021. Hey, good looking and welcome into Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and the business, software development, and the world of technology. This episode is brought to you by Cloud Guru. Did you know Cloud Guru now includes the Cloud Playground, Azure, AWS, or Google's Cloud Sandboxes on ACG's credit card? Not yours. Get certified, get hired, get learning at a cloudguru.com. My name is Chris, and joining us tweeting to troll me, it is our host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Hello, Chris. And, uh, you know, I am, I am truly sorry that we said gathering here to oh, dunk no. and pour <laughs> some out for your home pod, son. Already. We're just right off the top. We said going hard. Wow. You know, I've been getting trolled all week about this. Yeah, this must have been a bad week for you all. <laughs> was a bad week. Yeah. I mean, it, it involved, uh, first of all, of course, I found out via like an audience member ribbing me. So that's, that's how I found out about the HomePod getting canceled. <sighs> it's rough. You know what I realized? I had, a, I had a moment, right? I had several moments because... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you hear that snap? Did it come through? Yeah. It was inevitable. I know. I don't normally I don't normally buy Apple products that you can smell from a mile away aren't going to make it. As I sit in front of an iMac Pro who also got killed this week. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's a good example, actually. But uh, the HomePod, I think the problem with the HomePod was that you had to experience it to understand its value. Because it's it's something you hear. It's not something you can see. It's not something you can touch. It's something you hear. And to really appreciate the HomePod, you needed two of them to really make this sucker sing. So I am actually going to give you something on the HomePod. I had a guest over the other night, and I wanted to play music on the Sonos. Yeah. But because of Apple's, how can we put this? Game of Thrones, Iron Throne style lock on their platform. (laughs) I was unable to do that in less than seven taps which required me to put in my Apple ID password on an iPhone, which already has, if I said, hey, Solana, I'm avoiding the real name, right? Hey, Cilantro. <laughs> Buenos dias, Selena. <laughs> Selena? I don't know, I'm sorry, my Spanish. It's, I took it for 10 years and then I forgot. It kind of did not keep the spirit of what I was going for there. You know, C++ was over. You know what I'm talking about here. Had I had a HomePod and... You know how much this hurts me, Chris. The moment would have been saved. Not even one tap. Yeah. But a hey, cilantro. Or just a quick, you know, it integrates super well with AirPlay, right? It's an AirPlay speaker. Yeah. Apparently, my Sonos is too old. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm in this weird, like, sunk cost fallacy where Apple used to like Sonos and it used to work. Like, you can't... Did you know you can't change the volume on a Sonos with the with the rocker on the... <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, like, ridiculous... And I'm kind of like, I want to buy a HomePod, but then they cancel the HomePod. But I also don't want to reward what is very obvious anti-competitive behavior. And like Sonos is like, you could buy a newer Sonos that allows AirPlay to. But I'm like, I don't know if the speaker's the same speaker. (sighs) So... The Sonos is a niche, right? This this is this was a super niche product. I'm not sure why Apple ever made it, but it actually was an exceptionally good product. And it was so good. That, as you know, I bought several of them, but I also... You mean the HomePod? Yeah. Not the song. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. It, but it made me... The HomePod made me switch to the Apple TV as well. It, so they, they sucked me in that way because... Again, I'm an Apple TV user, so it's like the Sonos was the mistake. Yeah. 
it it's so great the way they they sorted out the Dolby Digital stuff so that way the HomePods like wireless surround sound is just a tap away and it works so well and it really adds a layer. You know, I had it was one of those moments where my wife leaned over and she said, "I'm really glad we set those HomePods up. This really is more immersive." Like she, you know, when the wife notices it, you like you really feel good. They just sounded so good. The problem was they're so locked into the AirPlay ecosystem. And then on top of that, Siri's not very good. And because you had to hear them and you had to already be in this ecosystem to get them, and they were priced too high. You know, they came out at 350 later lowered to 299 The other thing is, from a home assistant perspective, HomePods can be set to work with a self-hosted home assistant instance and become voice control for home assistant. And I would love it for that purpose. That's another reason why I got so into it. But I knew it was coming. I knew it would happen. And the mini, the iPod, the HomePod mini, it's fine, but it's, it's nowhere near the same level. And see, the thing is, is if you look at the HomePod as not like a, a, an echo competitor, but if you look at it as a home theater system competitor or a Sonos five competitor, that $300 price point is actually pretty reasonable because something close to it's about $500. So when you look at it from a home theater standpoint, because this was, I was using this in combination with a set, well, I still will be until they stop being supported, in combination with a sound bar and a dedicated subwoofer and then one HomePod mini as a tweeter. So I have <laughs> quite the setup with this Apple TV and it all works flawlessly. And there's not a single wire I had to run to do any of this. I just set the units down and connected them in the UI and forever forth, they are now the sound system for the Apple TV. And it's, it's nice and my family likes it. And so I, in kind of a moment of like, oh, what am I going to do now? I bought another one. <laughs> well, I still could. <laughs> so I've got another one that I'm going to leave in the box. I think I'm going to actually leave it in the box. I'll see your one and raise you two. I literally just bought two as you've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I just spent $648.83 on HomePods. I think they're, you know what? I, I honestly was having a conversation with my wife. I'm like, you know, you don't really want to burn the money. But at the same time, like, we really like these. And she likes them too because she likes to listen to her audiobooks and her podcasts when I'm not there. She just can fill out. The the thing is, is we have, we have uh, a pretty small space, you know, 300 square feet or so. And we put HomePods throughout it. So you'd literally have seamless audio everywhere throughout the home with these suckers. Love them. It's too bad. Well, you know what it is, too? When I'm, like, doing stuff around the house, I don't want to have to, like, tap seven times to play a goddamn song. You know, I know it's there's other ways to solve this problem and all of that. So it's not like it's... It's not like it, it's not like they discontinued a super important computing platform. But, that's you know, I knew they were going to do this. Stupid ecosystem, stupid lock-in, stupid, stupid no-line-in, whatever. So apparently if you paste an image into Adium now, it f- encrypts it into some sort of string format. This is getting... No, no, it's Adium. I don't give a crap. I'm not doing it. I will right. not do... I, no. So uh, you asked the audience, you know, what, should, what, what would uh, hit a nerve the most with me to troll me this week? Yes, hang on. I want to read all the options. I have a whole plan. Okay. Sorry. You know, I get upset about adding, you know, you know, I, I know, no, I know it's important. I know that chat client from 1997 is extremely important. <sighs> I don't think it's actually from 1997. No, it's not that actually. That, no. <laughs> so I'm completely unprepared because instead of clicking the link in the doc, I decided to go through my Twitter history and apparently I just tweet. Oh yeah. I got him right here. Hang on. I have an order I want to do. Oh, oh. So coming in, in the rear. Uh huh. What was the question? Things I could troll Chris about. 
Yeah, yeah. Apple Silicon, with 18.1% of the vote, brought in the rear. And I feel like, to be honest with you, that's a lot of you Linux Unplugged guys feeling short in the pants. Just want to acknowledge it, but we'll just keep moving. 18.8 is classic Jar Jar. Fair enough. Right. 23.5, Suze. Oh, I'm sorry. Germans, please. Susa. Slash lizard people. But with a commanding lead of 39.6%. The demise of the HomePod. Although I feel like I really blunted my blade here by buying two of them live on the air. (laughs) You know, I love that all of these, some people, like these are all like baseline good troll topics, apparently. I got, I got, I got notes from the Seuss people all week long for some strange reason. It definitely wasn't me. (laughs) No. It wasn't me like aggressively tweeting you every day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and hiding notes and source code on websites. Oh, you found it. <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. The best is I can't use the coder by its name. <laughs> oh. Turns out there's a company called that. So it's going to be Coder Tales. And I filed the trademark. So. Oh, okay. Tales from the coder. I mean, that works, right? Coder Tales. But don't worry, because they're all going to be themed on an intrepid lizard named Sal. Oh, my. Sal, Susie. Susie. Oh, <gasps> uh, no. It'll be a girl lizard, and I'll call her Susie. Oh, my oh, God. It's perfect. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the Seuss part, but that's pretty good. Is Mike investing tens of thousands of dollars in trolling Chris? Eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's just maybe that's a good way to make biz- sound business choices. Could be. You know? We got a little Seuss note from Nathan. He wrote in. Also, he mentioned that... Uh, Lisp is great, and that he recommends people check out Portacle, which is an IDE. Sick. Ugh. I know. <laughs> of course. Uh, also, he said that uh, he recommends uh, that people check out the VS Code extension for Common Lisp. It's pretty great. Oh, my God. But he he wants to know if you're going to put your money where your mouth is and eventually install OpenSUSE on your Thaleo. He says, I've been triggered by Chris's criticisms with OpenSUSE. What are you, high? <laughs> but he says, I'm realizing maybe Chris is right. Uh, I have also experienced many of the paper cuts that he has, and I can't really say I use OpenSUSE or SUSE as a daily driver anymore. By the way, looking forward to the robe. I think you should do it again next year. Boom. Looking forward to morning coding in the robe, he says. So, uh, what is the, what, Sousa isn't uh, Thalia worthy? So I have a trolley answer, but I'm going to give you the real answer. Uh, with the Thalia starter board, can I install Sousa? Oh, sure. I thought that was like a custom, no? No, it'll work fine. It runs independently of the OS. Oh, okay. It's firmware. Okay. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't know if, uh, like, some of the System76 tools and stuff, I don't know if those are packaged for SUSE, but the system will run. Well, my Thaleo is, is a glorified flight simulator right now. <laughs> I mean, when I say glorified, it's the only computer I have with a good GPU, so it's actually the best computer I own, but it has one job. <laughs> like, it does one thing. Uh, is that Windows 10? It is not. Oh, really? Oh. It is Pop OS, no. Oh, Okay. That'd be pretty funny if it was. <laughs> now, I did try to do a video, if you want to troll me about my OSs, on my lemur. Not so good? Yeah, fan noise. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, the fan noise. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tricky. It's tricky for the laptops. So the, the iMac Pro, I am sorry, Ivan. You never even got a chance. Like, Apple was like, this is our new Pro Mac. And then Mark Warman was like, no, you <laughs> they really thought that was going to be the high-end mac forever you know what it's it's not a bad computer 
I mean, it's unfortunate that the day I get a dead pixel, I will have lost five thousand dollars. <laughs> well, and or if you ever need like storage fixed or a screen fix, you got to bring your entire freaking computer in. Or the fact that I've done benchmarks on my MacBook Air just destroys it in many cases that I can. Well, there's that too. But I mean, just in terms of like even an M1 based iMac still going to have some of the limitations that, limitations that an all-in-one computer has. Honestly, I wish it, okay. I don't know why we're going here, but I wish I had not bought this and had waited and bought an a, a M1 iMac Pro or whatever they're going to call it, right? iMac whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably still call it iMac. The M1 the, the performance for things that I do like specifically as a software developer like I only have one case where I care about GPUs, and that's where I'm yelling at kids for not knowing what pointers do. Which, by the way, our Rip Van Winkle, or I think we actually, I recorded two episodes already, but then I had a little issue with the name. Hey, uh, speaking of streaming, I put, I'll put a link in the show notes to the USB 3.0, like $15 capture card that I'm using with Linux right now. Sixteen ninety nine, they raised it, but uh, people had emailed it, and I should have totally put that in the show notes last week, so I will have that in there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were asking on Twitter, too. Real-time follow-up. Chatroom tells us, uh, Nev in Chatroom and uh, Neil in Chatroom say that the uh, System76 tools are in the build service and available on SUSE and that SUSE works great on the Thalia workstation. So, <clears throat> no excuse now, Mike. <laughs> Get to formatting. <laughs> uh, listen, when my, my four-year-old son, who's going to be five next month, you know what, for his fifth-year-old birthday... Son, I didn't get you a cake. I didn't get you any kind of Avengers or Iron Man doll or whatever. You get to install OpenSUSE on daddy's computer. What a gift. And he'll say, I want to live with mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Linode.com slash coder. Go there to get a $100 60-day credit and, of course, support the show. $100 for new accounts is a great deal. Not only is that just a ton of credit, which is super nice deal, but it's a really solid way to try out the stuff that we talk about with Linode all the time. Linode's how I host everything with JB 3.0, from our community stuff to just the tools that we use. And some systems are small little micro boxes that we've set up to do like real singular kind of tasks, one or two jobs. And some are larger boxes that run several applications at the same time. Linode has a wide range of systems you can choose from, and their pricing is 30 to 50% less than major cloud providers like AWS or Google. And they've been around forever. They started in 2003 as one of the first companies in this business, and they have honed that into a lean, mean machine. What they have focused on, they have focused on well and done extremely well. Their cloud dashboard is clean, simple, clear, gives you good feedback, really approachable if you're new to all this stuff, but just a few clicks away from getting really advanced if you're more familiar with some of these things. And Linode's fast. They have fast, fast networking. They have 11 data centers around the world. They have native SSD storage, 40 gigabit connections coming into the machines. It's really fast and it's stable too. And they have a bunch of features that make using Linode just a breeze. Their cloud manager makes it possible to manage a bunch of machines at once or just a single machine. They make it really easy to manage your backups, your snapshots, or even move between data centers. We got an email in from the show from listener Chris, not me, but listener Chris, uh, though I echo his sentiments. He said he used Linode initially just as a way to do code deployment testing. He had a Linode set up with a domain that he would deploy to, and he'd send that out to clients or whoever was testing it, and they could bang on it in a, in a real-world way and you know give them feedback. 
And he said, well, one day I was experimenting with it. And we had the, we had the red website on a quad-core system, he said. And the Linode was a single-core system. But the Linode test site was faster than the production website every single time in, like, all of his tests. And so eventually the conversation, it came up. <laughs> like, why, why is the test site faster than production? And so they migrated everything over to Linode. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's just a great story because we have a we had a listener Jeff who wrote in and did the same thing with his Nextcloud instance, a very similar story, and both of them just had tons of great things to say about Linode support, and I hear that a lot. It's just beyond a level which you would expect. It's just really great support. But I love Linode because they've been supporting Linux and projects and events that I love for a really long time. And the reason why that pushes buttons is not only because of course I love Linux, but it means they they have a passion about this technology. They're in it because they want to be. They, they love the technology. It's not because they just got a bunch of VC funding and decided they could go dominate a market. Instead, they started early just as a love for something that was now coming into the Linux kernel. Like this was back in user mode Linux days. And they grew that into one of the largest independently, they are the largest independently owned cloud provider. Like, think about that. They're even their own ISP now. Isn't that remarkable? They did that back in 2016. Linode is dedicated to offering the best virtualized cloud computing. If it runs on Linux, it runs on Linode, and it runs damn well. I can tell you that from personal experience. So go try it out. Put it to the test. Linode.com slash coder. Go there, support the show, and get that $100 credit. Linode.com slash coder. You really screwed up that Linode ad. Oh, yeah? You forgot to mention the greatest feature they have. Oh, what is it? Open Sousa. Oh, that's right. It is on there. You're right. They got Arch on there too. Oh no, <laughs> no! Don't say that. No one will subscribe. We're not going to make any money. What are you doing? I know you're right. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say Sousa, it. Sousa. It's what you want. Ah, uh, I am really just. I am torn up about the HomePod thing. I know it sounds silly, but it really. Uh. I just spent a stupid amount of money. Like I wish Apple could just like chill. And lower their prices by fifteen percent. If I could keep the HomePod at two ninety nine, but then make it like part of a mesh Wi Fi network system, that might be something. Oh God, no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> All right. Well, there was uh, there's 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 other things to talk about, but before we get to some of the things we should probably talk about, some of the emails we should probably get to, I wanted to talk about this article, or it was a study, but then there was an article published about it. It was research that was done in the UK. This shows that the average, and I'm sure this is true for American workers too, the average UK office worker is only productive for two hours and 53 minutes out of a workday. Seems like a wild overestimation, but keep going. You you think? (laughs) They say with social media, going through news websites, uh, YouTube and whatnot, that generally when you condense the amount of time people are actually working, it's just under three hours. They polled around 2,000 UK office workers all over the age of 18, and they asked them a series of questions, and depending on how they kind of came at it, like this is the question they asked them. If you had to state a figure, how long do you think you spend productively working during work hours on a daily basis? With that question and other questions, I started to derive this information. Do you, uh, and you think it could be actually less than that? I think it's less, yeah. I think I'll tell you what a big part of it is, because I do not dispute this either. Uh, and I think two hours, it may be actually, maybe even, they say, you know, almost three hours, two hours, 53 minutes. I bet it's more closer to two hours. And I think a big part of it is the 
white space between meetings? Like, what do you do with that time? You read your email, you browse Facebook, you uh, watch YouTube. So I, I will say one thing in, in, I guess, a more positive direction, that once childcare comes back for the majority of the country, and I'm speaking to our U.S. audience, I know in Europe you guys have got this sorted, mostly from what I hear. I can tell you as like a dad with a kid at home, you know, there's a reason we do the show at eight o'clock at night now, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, you know this, Chris, we had this conversation privately. Absolutely no way I can do the show at three o'clock in the afternoon anymore because of the work from home nature of things. But as childcare and schooling and aftercare comes back, I'm sort of optimistic. I think in 2023, and yes, I mean, two years from now, productivity is going to go rapidly up because you know what, when you can design your own workspace, I mean, Chris, I wish this was a video show for the first time in the 4,000 years we've been doing it because I have the Coder 300 poster behind me, but no disrespect to the 400, but as a gift, it was framed for me and it's, it's like the backdrop I do for meetings. And like I set up my own little side bedroom in my house as the ideal workspace. I have a kitchen. Obviously, it's my house. I have private bathrooms. You know, I can take a, a, my lemur out and work in the yard. Other than not having childcare because of COVID, and maybe I'm going to be wrong, but we'll we'll tell this in a year because I've been. I mean, people can listen back to my Swift episode. Very wrong. I think, and in, in, mark me on this. I think next year or the following year. This work from home trend for software developers in particular will be a net positive. Because think about it. Microsoft, when it was founded, every developer basically had either an office with one office mate or by themselves. So in a work from home situation, aren't we all just working basically by ourselves or with a partner or a spouse, you know, who shares the space with us? I mean, I got to tell you, I've written more code. I mean, child interruptions, yes, are a thing for me. But I have written more code in the last end months since I've been uh, uh, single, divorced. This is the way to work. You know, not in the office. If I could push an easy button and have it any way I want, it'd be a mix. Like this, what I'm doing right now is better in the studio. But like all of the administrative stuff, the emails, the sponsor calls, like the, the planning, I do that better from home. It's just, you know, fancy me, but for me, it's better to have two different spaces to work. And I just do different work in each space. But I think there is a challenge for some people that are working at home to not get distracted because you've got, you know, maybe multiple monitors, maybe more monitors than you have at work. And you got your chats up on some of those screens and you got a browser with YouTube up. I mean, I'm just describing myself, but. Right. You have Adium up. Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. Somehow still getting it to run. And um, hey, you, you don't hey, have hey, 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 that snow leopard uh, container is going strong. That should be a thing. I'm just saying I might make it a thing. Don't tempt me. So I could see it. And then honestly, um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a meeting where a developer is just basically listening to a bunch of other people talk. And I don't mean any disrespect because I have. So much respect for people who have design talent, but I have been in a lot of meetings where a designer will be going on for a long time, um, or uh, like a like a the planning person will be going on for a long time, or somebody who's kind of not really related to the rest of the work. There's so many times where somebody will dominate several people's time, 
and you then shut you you leave that meeting and you've got another one in an hour or an hour and a half and it's not like you're going to you're not you know you're not going to get in the flow between those two meetings because not only are you thinking about that upcoming meeting which kind of screws with the flow but you don't necessarily have enough time because you got to unwind from the meeting you were just in and then got to get a transition and there's just like this kind of debt that all of these meetings even if it's say two or three a day but it's often more and ha- and so many of them just seem like an inappropriate use of talented people's time and i'm not trying i'm not trying to uh, be cliche about this because i honestly this is just something i i've experienced myself and formed this opinion over time based on having many clients and jobs now that i have experienced this and it leads to this sort of baseline reduction in productivity because you get very little accomplished in the meetings that couldn't have been accomplished via an email thread. You get this white space between the meetings that prevents you from getting flow time so you don't get anything super productive done. And what you end up doing is having to cram your flow time into these small little chunks of time throughout your week that are sometimes at crazy hours because that's the only time people aren't around. And it it feels like you end up doing a bunch of work that isn't actually the work of your main job. And I don't know if you've ever, you, you probably haven't, you probably have never worked anywhere that uses the uh, OKR system, which is a which is a system that Google and Intel came up with uh, figuring. Nope. Yeah. So OKRs are a lot of fun. It's a great way for, an, the idea is kind of actually pretty solid. It's an idea for an entire company to come up with objectives and key results that everybody is striving towards. The idea that everybody is sort of rowing in the same direction all the way down the chain and people get key results. Sorry, is this hell? Yeah, I know. And the problem with institutions, and I've been at several of them that implement OKRs, is the OKRs become an entire job in themselves, managing everybody's objectives and key results, going through and checking in on on everybody's key results, auditing it, and then they get incorporated into reviews and you end up with an entire job that is just managing the process of doing your job. And they may not, sometimes it's OKRs for other people. It's not OKRs, it's something else for other shops, but it creates all of this wasted time. And so when I see only two hours, really, two to three hours of product, productive time from from uh, UK office workers, I, I think that contributes significantly to it because the people in that survey did not consider that stuff productive uses of their time. And you combine that then with just general procrastination, you know, needing to go to the doctor or something's interesting happening in the news that has everybody's attention. And it just it's a it's a phenomenal, unbelievable amount of money because that's what it all comes back to. It's it's a phenomenal amount of money that corporations are burning in people time in Zoom calls and whatnot. It's it's amazing. And you see it in morale. Oh, well, okay, Yeah. At some level, isn't that just the business serving the process rather than the process serving the business. I think that, and I think that's what contributes to this quite a bit is it becomes a lot about the process. Yeah. Oh, you can tell it gets me fired up. I mean, I feel sick. I, I, I'm honestly nauseous right now. I've been told by clients, oh yeah, we're not like that. And then I get into these meetings and I, I it's a balance. I don't want to come across as like I'm against all this stuff because I've seen it done right too. But mm, whew, tell you what, I could use a little more of that structure around here. Though the robe is moving along, the international, so it turns out... Oh, Jesus Christ. We can't even go a week. People want to know. They want a robe update. The thing is, like, uh, now they want their robes, and they're on their way. I think probably by next week, we'll have a pretty big update. 
Here's something I learned in this process. Oh, Lord, take me, please. There's like a couple of countries we just straight up can't ship to. So there was like a handful of people we just couldn't ship to. Iran? Yeah, Iran was one. It wasn't a lot of them, but we have listeners everywhere. It's awesome. We have listeners in countries it's literally illegal for us to ship to. How cool is that? Did you know we have Iranian... Uh, the, I, I mentioned Iran for a reason. We have Iranian followers on social media. Yeah. How great is that? I think it's pretty cool. Maybe it could be U.S. Uh, you know, U.S. citizens living there, or it could be people trying to learn English or people interested in the technology stack. Either way, I just think it's great. Yeah. Oh, I think it's great. I wish we could send them a robe. But we can't ship a robe there, unfortunately. Um, Without going to jail. Yeah. Also, a lot of countries' customs won't allow an item to come in without a phone number on there. Um, so some of you are going to get my personal phone number as a as an Easter egg <laughs> on your... <laughs> Please, for the love of God, send it to me. I have a Twi- Twilio app ready to text some Jar Jar Giffies. This, so just to give you, like, like, just here's an insight into all of, like, the little background gymnastics happening. Like, the compromise ended up being I put my personal phone number as the shipping phone number to get these through customs. Like, can you imagine like the levels of conversations and amount of conversations we had to have for that to be the final solution? Yeah. It's been a process. I feel like someone told you robes were a bad idea. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like at some point, but uh, go ahead and call me. You know what? If you got a robe and my phone number's on your shipping information, I'll take, can I have your personal phone number? You probably have it somewhere. I, I'm sure I do, but who knows if I remember, right? Like, yes, pro- the truth of the matter is, is if you really want to get a hold of me, it's probably not by the phone. But um, I'll give you any number, baby. So anyways, the robes probably soon, probably have a bigger update for the robes soon. But I feel like actually legitimately learned something, and I still feel like I got, I got enough figured out for like the next item. So the next item I want to do... You know, besides like the standard stuff for the show is like I want to do like some point something that maybe has multiple sizes or something so I can figure that that out. Like a like a Coda Radio tuxedo. Is that what we're looking at? Trench coat or no, not no trench coats. Columbine. Eh, right. Eh, right. Eh. That that killed the trench coat, didn't it? Killed it? the trench coat. Yeah. And honestly, I think I think both you and I would look good in a trench coat. I think we're trench coat guys. Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're, we're sort of plump, jaunty fellows. Yeah. Yeah. As you get past thirty, I think you qualify for a trench coat. I mean, right. So like in high school, trench coat. Not awesome. The guidance counselor wants to talk to you. Yes, totally. When you're like 30, mid-30s, or in your case, like 40s, right? Yeah, and it rains here. We'll say, well, not not almost 40s, but not yet. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were. That, okay. Within striking distance. <laughs> Let's just say the next birthday, I'm not going to be celebrating much. <laughs> I see. Okay, well, moving on. It's close, yeah. <laughs> so, about Adium, it's fantastic, and I, I might actually contribute to open source. And when I say contribute, I mean do what every good open source contributor does. Fork it, ignore the maintainers, and run my own version. You need to get like an M1 version. No, it works on the M1. Yeah, but probably under Rosetta, right? Yeah, but that's not even the problem. It doesn't scroll up when I get a new message. (laughs) Because they changed the API for scrolling a view like two years ago. And Adium was like, meh. You ever listen to yourself and just think, man, I'm really just the perfect Windows user? Have you ever? Because <laughs> that's such a Windows thing. What you want is you want apps that run for a decade. That's Windows, man. Uh, or Solaris. Oh, uh, hang on. Hang on. I have my seltzer here. Yep. And no, it's not an alcoholic seltzer. It's a sad Publix brand seltzer. I tried a hard seltzer uh, for the first time yesterday, just a sampler. It tastes like candy. Did you like it? Well, it was just a just a sampler. No, I didn't. I didn't end up ordering it, but I actually thought I don't know. I mean, it felt like it was probably healthier for me than a beer. 
but uh, I ended up getting a cider. <laughs> I, I just like to go for gin and like send you messages at night. Yeah. I think that's probably a healthier route to go than a few beers for, you know, when you look for the efficiency. Well, I, I think the bread, the, the, the calorie count in beer is higher, but seriously, why wouldn't I just patch Adium instead of like, I don't know, changing. I don't want to change. Are they up on, I know it's open source. I don't know if they're up on GitHub. <laughs> source Forge, baby. Source. It was last time I looked, but that, that might be unfair to them. <laughs> Datadog.com slash coder radio. Analyze code level performance across your environment and troubleshoot issues faster than ever. This is what Datadog does. It gives you visualizations and the ability to solve problems. And these dashboards are gorgeous. Go to datadog.com slash coder radio just to see what I'm talking about. I think what's great is Datadog's continuous profiler. It automatically collects profiles from your production servers all the time. So then you can go back and analyze your data quickly with minimal overhead right when you need it. You get a unified picture of your environment by correlating code performance metrics with your server metrics from the low-level server to containers and applications all the way up with real-time dashboards. And with lots of nice quick integrations that get you up and running with different stacks immediately, things like tracing and log management, and of course that continuous profile, you bring it all into one platform. You're seeing the beauty of this when you can pull data from different sources, visualize it immediately. Datadog enables you to pinpoint the root cause of issues faster than ever and communicate that with your team. So go try it for free. They got a 14-day trial, and you can support the show when you do it. So go to datadog.com slash coderadio. You go there for a limited time. If you start a free trial and you create a dashboard, you'll get a free T-shirt. And I'll tell you what, it's been a little while since I've gotten a free swag item. That sounds kind of fun. And you get to see how gorgeous and easy to roll out these dashboards are. So go try it out right now. Datadog.com slash coderadio. Thanks to everybody who supports the show by going to datadog.com slash coderadio. And thanks to Datadog for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Well, you feel like solving some problems? We have an email that uh, perhaps we could uh, lend our wisdom towards, sort of point it like a superhero ray. Sure, why not? Justin writes in, he says, He says, I love SUSE and I want <laughs> Linux uh, Action News to do more SUSE content and Linux Unplugged to have all the SUSE developers on. <laughs> Justin, you're correct. End of email. Got it, Chris. I took care of it while you had your drink. All right, moving on. <laughs> Actually, he says he is excited about Coder Bytes or, or Coder Tales now. Well, let's wait for the U.S. trademark office before we yeah. do anything else stupid. Yeah. So he says, I think he's gonna. I think he's got kids. I think he's gonna have them watch some of it. Uh, but he says what he wanted to write in about was the Snake in the Room episode three ninety three. He said, I I think the business rationale that Mike laid out to move to Python is totally agreeable. It makes a lot of sense. I work for Purdue University, Ooh. and I've been migrating legacy Bash, TCL, Perl, Python 2 ticketing systems built on top of a flat file database from a Unix mail handler to a proper database-driven system with a Python 3 API and React JS front end, as well as all brand new shiny command line interfaces. And I have to say, Python makes this buttery smooth. In comparison to the old system, it makes it smooth. And that helps soften the edge for adoption. And all of this runs on CentOS 6, where uh, I have issues running debugging tools because it's so old. <laughs> Anyways, he says he completely agrees with me on Plasma. He thinks it's currently the superior desktop environment compared to GNOME on technical merits. However, and he's absolutely right here, Justin says that GNOME has the backing of major companies like Red Hat, Canonical, System76, and more. He thinks it's a Betamax versus VHS fight. And I think he's implying that Plasma is Betamax 
Uh, he says there's other great projects like elementary OS's Pantheon or Mate or even XFCE, but the reality is that really the backing's behind GNOME. And he's right. It's been on my mind recently. But he has a question for us. As a visually impaired UX software developer or tech humanizer, as I like to call it, he says, who uses a Hackintosh, he says. Yes. I hope it's running Snow Leopard. <laughs> Maybe. I need to move away from Mac OS before my Intel rig is totally unsupported. I want to move to some Linux distribution, but no desktop or distro has everything I need to do my job. This is in part because of accessibility software, like a screen magnifier that works the way a visually impaired person can use it. But more importantly, line of business applications like a real desktop mail program, a real desktop calendar, and a single well-developed theme that doesn't bork between toolkits or glitch when I use a magnifier would be great. I recognize this is a community effort, and if I want these changes, i got to work on them myself, but I don't even know where to start. If you were 20 again, but today, and you wanted to contribute features you needed to use a platform, what platform would you pick, and how would you get started? You better answer first. <laughs> wow, that's a huge question, and part of me kind of went like, well, maybe, I mean, maybe is it worth considering Mac OS? That's what I was going to say, just buy a MacBook Air and be done. You know, and they have great accessibility features, but then I got what he's saying. He's like, but... Justin's in a position where he could develop software, he could contribute to this area, he's willing to do it, and he's young enough that he has the time to burn. That is actually, like, talk about, like, the sweet spot, right? Like, if anybody was actually going to make a positive contribution to a free desktop to improve its accessibility, it sounds like somebody that's exactly in his position. You know, I love the System76 folks, but I would actually say hook up at elementary. Uh, I think I think cast. I mean, I can't speak for people, but I think that uh, they would be open to any contributions for this. Yeah, you could definitely start there. I wonder if I wonder if it'd also be worth considering going further upstream to somebody like the GNOME project, because Justin makes the point in here that GNOME has like some of the major backing. Well, true, that would make sense. Yeah, maybe somebody. Yeah, you gotta you gotta figure too. Like this almost feels like in the right timing, this could be a good Google Summer of Code sponsored project to contribute. No, you're right. It should be like GNOME. Really, it yeah. should be higher higher up the stack than than a uh, Pantheon. Get into GTK, and then the distros downstream can take advantage of it. And they just adopt it by default. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Google, this seems like something Google would sponsor, like as a Summer of Code event. Like there are, there's got to be people out there. You mean Alphabet? Right. It's a great idea. I, I love this idea. I mean, I tell you what, shouldn't do this on the air because it get you in trouble, but let's do it anyway. Write something for accessibility that's not easy. So email me, email me, man. And there's a Thalia in it for you. Wow. But it's got to be completely free software and it's got to go either to GNOME or a similar organization. It can be, so as long as it's like GPL or the hippies will tell me what's real free software. <laughs> yeah but it can't be like bsd i guess i guess bsd is, free. is bsd free wouldn't it be something or contribute you know look at see if you know, what about contributing to an existing project that's out there but yeah that's what i'm saying like like fix text rendering in gnome i don't know yeah you know he mentioned there was that problem with themes when you when you zoom in and is that a, is that the problem of an application or so that's it fix the theme thing there's a thalia win it for you Wow. On the Mad Botter Inc. That'd be pretty great. And, you know, that's a good charitable thing to have because it just would benefit so many more people too, Justin. So if you are one of those rare people in that position, if you've got the time, the will, the interest, and uh, the empathy of the situation, man, it's, that's pretty pretty amazing, really. I, 
I think it's pretty great. Just real fast, I have to say this. Uh, for the state of California, this is not a lottery. All right. Right? Yes. I got in trouble last Earth Day. Uh, paid a little fine. <laughs> not a lottery. <laughs> How classic, Mike, is it that you got in trouble with something to do with California? Like, that's that's classic. I continue to get in legal trouble in the state of California, where I have only been, like, four times. Like, for a week at a time. But I you stay out of here. That's what they're saying, dude. We don't like your kind, son. <laughs> man, oh, man. Yeah, but, but I'm not joking. Seriously. If you do that, there's a daily on it for you. Shameless marketing on my side, because that's who I am. Chris taught me. You know, he's old. He's like 47 now. <laughs> feels like it. I'm a young 33, so yeah. Uh, so I, I'm actually kind of worried that sometimes it feels like I am. I'm like, geez, if it gets much worse than this. I really thought you were in your 50s. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I feel like I'm the Commodore 64. I do the I do the kid math, you know, because I got three of the stinkers and my youngest is seven. So I'll do the kid math sometimes. And start, okay, so I'm gonna be I'll be uh, this old. I'll be okay. I think all right. So that, I got I gotta start treating myself better so that way I have the energy to keep going when I'm in my fifties and I'm kid free. <laughs> I have been drinking this cra- crazy ass vegetable juice el- uh, vegetable fruit elderberry smoothie. Oh yeah. I've heard good things about elderberries. Changed my life. Really? I start my day with the taste of ass in my mouth. Oh, it's not good tasting. Huh? Elderberries. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, Matt's. It's actually called Matt's. Oh, my God. I wish I could go to my fridge, but everything would fall off my desk if I got up. Matt's super juice. Super immune juice. See, Uncle Matt's elderberry juice. That's something else, though, huh? Not Uncle Matt. Might be Uncle Matt. I don't. It's like pink. <laughs> Okay. So you got the, anyways, you get the, oh yeah, that's right. Elderberry is supposed to be like good for the old uh, immune system. Well, because my kid, like there's not a disease in school that he hasn't met that he doesn't like. I mean, he's like, yeah, let me bring her home to dad. Let's kill him. (laughs) He only has to, he only, you know, the only thing is when dad gets sick is he only has to continue to work and do everything he had to do. But this time he has to do it sick. That's the only thing. That's no big deal. (laughs) There's nothing like having your, your space bar lock up because you just bit mucus right into it happens to even non-butterfly keyboards i am back on the code keyboard because you need something that can handle mu- mucus man you gotta you need some distance that's what you need get out, get your mouth out of that keyboard hey listen if you have the implant i'm ready to go but we should move on because we're getting to the end of our night all right you know we you know we haven't done for a couple of weeks we haven't thanked our members i want to say thank you to our coder qa team you guys are great out there you get the limited ad feed you get which is fancy right so that way uh you get uh just the uh, just the show, limited ads. But you know what? You also get the quarterly. You know what? You still that way. Well, you get the quarterly too. We know we you know we uh, we just took it there and we uh, we put it in there. We put it in the feed, and you can uh, sign up at coderqa.co. And then uh, once a quarter, you get the quarterly, and we just uh, we just uh, stick it in your feed. We just uh, stick it in your feed in the limited ad feed where you have the limited ads. We stick it in your feed, and that's where you get it. Or we'll put it up uh, for download as well. That can happen too. Uh, Mr. Dominic, is there anything you'd like to mention before we get out of here? Uh, no, but Earth Day is coming up, and there'll be yet another Thaleo on offer for me, because I think Thaleos are the entryway to drugs to good programming. So, By the way, they have a new one out. The Mira. Yeah, it's between like the small one and the big one, and it's totally the one I would go for. So don't tell my good friend Carl, but it's the one they should have built the first time instead of the one on... Yeah! 
I kind of think so, too. I've heard the decibel difference, and... Uh, they have several improvements into that area. But uh, the only thing now is I got to start budgeting because I, I, I do want to replace my desktop PC this year. But the GPU prices are crazy. It's not their fault. Oh, that, that's not them, though. That's... Yeah. You know, some has a Seuss... Um, and, and Drew, I am so sorry tonight. Uh, <laughs> has a SUSE facility in Plant City, Florida running five Mac Minis, two Thalios, and several rack servers mining Dogecoin right now. Get the hell out of here. What kind of monster would do that? <laughs> Dogecoin. <laughs> I'm not joking. I am I am in the Doge. Yeah? To a disturbing degree. Like, Is, is there something great about it that I don't know? Just the, can you trade it for other cryptos? Or is it, what is it? I've either become enlightened or I've had a psychological breakdown. So we'll see. Okay. I mean, I think Wes likes the Doge, too. So, Well, if Wes likes it and I like it... I think he dabbles in the Doge. Then it's probably okay. Yeah, if he's into the Doge, then I'm safe. It's usually when Wes, Wes tells me I'm crazy that I'm in bad shape. Yeah. Or he's had some sort of break, and you guys have just broken at a similar time. It would be scary if Wes was becoming more like me, because that's... He's our straight man. Right. He is the straight man of the network, yeah. really. Yeah. Like, He's the rest of us are psychos, right? I know. Like, you just... maniacs all over the place. Wes is like, well, it's not that bad. Calm down. You know, know. it's He's okay. Always so He's always like, calm. You and I are like, F- them. We hate them. Hey, you know what? It's what makes, makes for content. You know, you got to have a straight man. You got to have a straight man in the group. So I, I would assume you're going to be tweeting at, at Dumanuku uh, for that Thaleo stuff. And the company is at the Mad Botter Inc. Absolutely. I'm over there, too. I'm at Chris LAS. And the whole gosh darn podcast network is at Jupiter Signal. And this here podcast, this one, this one right here, it's at Coda Radio Show. It's got its own Twitter. It's, it's got its own Twitter. Can you believe it? I'm the, who's, ever, who's ever seen such a thing? Anyways, uh, everything we talked about today is at Coda.show slash 405. You're going to find our contact page there. That's a big part of the show. We'd love to get your feedback, as well as our RSS feed. You'll find the subscribe links over there as well. Let us know what you think. Coder.show slash contact. Now, do join us live. We do it here on a Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern over at jblive.tv. We even have robots that convert it to your time at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Thanks for joining us. See you back here next week. 